The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to transform your life. Welcome to Direct Connect Empowerment with your host, Fee Mazanki. Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanki. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Thanks so much for joining the show today and for your loyal listening. I hope you're eager to learn today because you will learn a lot about business and life from my very special guest, Mike Cassetta. But first, I always begin by sharing my favorite boomerang stories. The boomerang effect is a movement that this show features. The boomerang effect is something that I've been teaching my clients since I started coaching back in 2000. Simply stated, what you put out in life is exactly what you get back. Put out more of what you want, peace, success, abundance, happiness, generosity, and you will get that in return. A client shared with me yesterday that he is in a job transition and he secretly placed 20 extra dollars in the pocket of a young man who walks his dog. And that is exactly the boomerang that he wants to put out there, using that generosity to bring it right back to himself and doing it secretly. That's, uh, you know, without having to explain it or or tell people about it, but just doing it so that um, you know that you're doing it. I also have a request for those of you who want to throw out your boomerang of generosity. My very dear friend, John Kane, who has been a featured guest on the show, is on July 27th running his first Ironman triathlon in Lake Placid. And I've done really small triathlons, never an Ironman, and it's, it's definitely a huge undertaking. He's looking to raise over $50,000 over the next two weeks to benefit the Front Row Foundation, a charity that raises money for those people facing serious health challenges and places them in the front row of the event of their choice. Now, John is running the Ironman in honor of those who are facing critical health challenges. So if you are interested in throwing out your boomerang of generosity today, please send an email to jkane, K-A-N-E, at cuckoo.com, and John will send you the link to support. Thank you so much for your boomerang of love, generosity, and, and support for those of you who step up to the plate. It is a wonderful cause. Now, let's get into our featured topic today with my special guest, Mike Cassetta. Mike is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Structured Web, a leading provider of channel marketing software and services to global technology companies such as Cisco, Tibco, VMware, GE, EMC, and many others. Simply put, Structured Web helps companies 
leverage their partner's digital connections to reach, influence, and drive more end customers to buy their products. Now, Mike, after graduating from Harvard University with honors, started his own business as a sales trainer and was responsible for training over 3,000 sales reps across two states who sold $34 million in luxury household products. And having branched off into sales consulting, Mike started offering advice and creating sales programs for several technology startups and eventually created a training program for a $1 billion cloud computing subsidiary. He took a six-month break from the business world to travel across Asia and Europe, and he's got some great pictures to prove it. And travel remains a passion and a focus despite the chaos and pressures of a fast-growing company. Mike has extensive experience with sales, business-to-business sales training, and software-as-a-service sales training and channel marketing. So I welcome you, Mike, to the show today. What a great list of accomplishments uh, there for, for someone so young. Hey, Fee, how are you? Uh, thank you for the invite and the opportunity. And uh, given the speakers you've had on previous calls, it's definitely an honor to be on this message, on this program and I just wanted to throw out a quick little plug for what you mentioned at the beginning to support John Kane uh, and his endeavor to raise $50,000 for the Front Row Foundation, charity I'm very active with, uh, and sit on the board for. So that has my full endorsement, and obviously if there's anything else I could do uh, to help support that, you know, hopefully this is the start. Yeah, thanks so much, Mike. And, and as many of you know who are loyal listeners, the Front Row Foundation is something that we have featured many times here on the show. And um, and John Roman, who is uh, one of the founding members, he also has been a guest. And so there's many, many people who have embraced the Front Row Foundation, and it is truly a tremendous cause and truly a tremendous uh, organization of people who um, really embrace the benefits of, of uh, providing for those people in need. So thanks for that, Mike. And yeah, we're definitely uh, over the next two weeks really looking to raise uh, a tremendous amount of money to send um, at least five people or more or 10 people to uh, different events in the front row. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, let's get started. You've got such a wonderful history. Um, let's talk about your upbringing. You're a New York native, and we won't hold that against you. You know, the, <laughs> as a Chicagoan. The, <laughs> yes, as a native Chicagoan. Yeah. Let's. Um, can you fill our listeners in on your upbringing and um, and you know your history and kind of how you gotten to where you are today? Sure. Uh, I mean, grew up a typical middle-class family, grew up on Long Island, a town called Valley Stream. I uh, went to high school there, have two amazing parents and three sisters. I grew up the only boy, so I think part of my independence has come from having to fend off, you know, three sisters, two who, who were older, you know, and one younger who probably, you know, brought out the worst in me as I grew up. But, you know, had amazing support, you know, from both parents to not only, you know, shape and mold myself the way I chose to, you know, as I grew up and, you know, also paved the way, creating an opportunity to go to, you know, high school and do very well in school and then go on to Harvard, you know, after that. And even since, I think it's been, you know, pretty amazing to have the support that they've always been able to offer, uh, as well as not putting up any barriers to anything that I was looking to do along the way. 
and you know, being from New York, I think I'm I'm pretty honored and pretty opportunistic to be able to say, you know, you grew up with New York in your backyard because of, of the amount of opportunities that are here, um, and also trying to take advantage of as many of them as possible. You know, I've tried to live, you know, New York without bringing you know, the arrogance of New York. Sometimes it's a little challenging, but um, I think New York has also helped shape and mold who I am. Just because, again, there is so much here, and I think part of my personality is that I was trying to do anything and everything. You know, and probably taking on more than I could shoot sometimes. But to me, that's the fun of growth, and that's the fun of challenging yourself. Yeah, it definitely is. And and I would agree, um, Mike, that really growing up in New York, it, it allows you to... Um, see the many different opportunities because it is a city that that as you know never sleeps and and there's just so many many opportunities that are available at your fingertips there. Yeah. As long as long as you cultivate and nurture that. Yeah. Sure. Um, let's talk about your dreams and aspirations as a child because I know growing up in a middle-class family in New York, um, Harvard was probably a far reach for you. Tell me a little bit about your dreams and, and kind of how all of those dreams were nurtured by the support of your uh, family and also by your own um, imagination and, and, you know, dreaming of those things as a child. I think, again, having the ability to be exposed to so many things, you know, opens up your eyes to, to certain opportunities and certain even material things that not everyone gets a chance to see. And although they weren't at my fingertips, I, I didn't have, you know, these things myself growing up. I was exposed to them. You know, again, being around, you know, millions of people is just kind of part of, of that opportunity. You know, going into New York City, seeing things, experiencing different things. And I think I grew up specifically very selfish because one of my main aspirations was just to have a lot of stuff. You know, and actually as a little kid, I wrote a book, you know, that that was titled Someday. And in that book, I didn't think it was in first grade. I listed across all the different things I was going to own. You know, the typical things that eight-year-olds, you know, tend to want. You know, fancy cars, big houses, and, you know, all of those things were kind of the focuses. And I think I went from being excited to have things to, you know, being excited to to be something. And And I think I was always able to connect with the people who have all those things are generally very successful people. So, you know, wanting to be very successful and having that achievement drive that was stoked by my parents and, you know, nurtured and supported, you know, to, to do anything you want and to achieve anything you want. And, you know, then I think it went from being excited to be someone important to experiencing really cool things, you know, being a leader, you know, traveling, you know, seeing new things, experiencing, you know, different environments, meeting new people, you know, and then eventually I think even that, molded into not just experiencing those things, but learning how to share them, you know, and how it magnifies the power of an experience when you get a chance to share it with other people. So, you know, the power of focus and the power of support, as well as the ability to to be exposed to many different things, because again, you never know what you're going to get excited about sometimes until you see it or experience it for yourself. Well, that's such a a great insight, um, Mike, because as I look at kind of the dynamics of human behavior, one of the things that really fascinates me is what what ends up really touching people's hearts and then how they turn that into 
the drive that really launches them into whatever. You know, I've had so many different guests in so many different walks of life, but it, it, there, there's a drive that's developed that says, hey, this is something that I want to attain. And mm-hmm. you, you coming from a middle-class family, but having an opportunity and exposure to so many big things in New York City, it allowed you to really say, that's what I want at a really young age. And, yeah. um, and that's what I think, as I know brain science tells us, as we focus on those types of things, even when we're young and we don't even know that's part of what we are, are here to do, but as we focus, it, that focus really turns into drive and passion and allows those dreams to become a reality. And, okay. um, and you are certainly one of those people, Mike, um, that, and I, I commend you for this because as a leader, you're always there willing to share with people and to share those wonderful experiences with people so others can attain the level of success that you have. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really um, commend you for that. To me, it's fun. It, it makes the experience that much more fun to see other people experience it for the first time and with you as well. Yeah, and you're really generous about that for sure. Um, you know, this is uh, what we are talking about today is a lot about making wise business choices and, and wise choices in life. You're definitely someone who seeks knowledge. Um, how did you develop that passion and really kind of have that success through high school, which allowed you to open the doors to, uh, to gain entrance to Harvard? You know, I think information is addicting. And I think right now we have a really easy, you know, experiment going on, a very clear experiment going on around our world, which is as access to information becomes easier, you know, and more prevalent, the more information we seek and the more information we, we need tends to go up as well. And I think even as a little kid, if I had a question, it drove me crazy to not have the answer and to not know the answer. So I used to just go out and find the answer wherever it was. And it was a little difficult, you know, in the 1980s to find an answer. You literally had to pull out a book, you know, an encyclopedia, a dictionary. You couldn't just Google it. You know, you couldn't hop on the Internet. But I think, again, it, it felt cool to know things. You know, and then I think it felt cool to know things that I knew other people didn't know. So there was almost a competition to having information and having access to more information and, you know, committing it to memory, not because it really meant anything, but to me, I almost had like a barometer in my my brain that said, okay, I feel like I know more. I feel like I'm more knowledgeable. I feel like I have more access, you know, and can make better decisions as a result of having that information. And obviously in school, having more information generally means better grades. You know, so there's almost an instantaneous gratification, you know, that comes from having that information. And I think there's a downside to having access to too much info just because, again, we can become inundated with data and details and stats and you know, having too much, but I think just being the one who always has the answers and not necessarily needing to know everything, but being able to know how to find the answer to everything or to empower other people to also find the answers. Because if you know everything, but you can't teach other people to learn how to get the answers the same way, then all that is just stuck inside one person's brain, and that doesn't really do any good. So I think it's not just about seeking knowledge, but teaching other people how to have access to that same information and how to grasp the same details and deduce the same answers. And I think that just comes, again, from sharing and from, you know, walking through how you think and why you think certain ways and 
giving people a chance to come to the, the conclusions on their own as well. Yeah, seeking and then sharing. And that's that's something that you're going to hear from Mike over and over and over today as we talk further and deeper about, um, you know, business choices and, and succeeding in business and life. Bef- we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes. But before we break, Mike, tell us some of the biggest takeaways from your education at Harvard and uh, let us know what, what it was beyond just the information there that you uh, that you, sh- you took away from that? I think it, it showed that influence matters and, you know, influence from your peer group and also influence from what you let yourself get exposed to in terms of information and in terms of those different experiences because it's very easy to go to an amazing place like Harvard and sit in, in a library and study and, and you'll become great at a subject. But I think, again, the magnification of, of having peer effects and the synergies of talking to people who are smarter than you and who have done amazing things and realizing and having the humility to know that when you go to a place like that, you really are just one of many, you know, and I think the takeaway was to set my own expectations higher of what's possible, you know, to listen to more different opinions and differing ways of thinking and ways of doing, because to me that was, again, that's making me more well-rounded and more capable moving forward, but also sharing, you know, my goals because other people's goals were just as high or even higher. And again, just that constant focus of getting better, constant never-ending improvement of, you know, being better, but also just thinking bigger, you know, and thinking bigger as to what you can achieve both during school and out of school as well. So it certainly allowed you to set a platform for yourself, for your own success, and kind of just really put things out there in, as you said, in a much bigger way. Yeah, I think it's a reality check as to what, again, is possible. And you just realize how many smart, how many amazing people exist in this world. Uh, and not just because of where they go to school, but, again, just you get exposed to different people and different sides of the world that you wouldn't have seen in your own town or your own state. You know, and going to school with people from all 50 states and 80 countries, you know, or 100 countries, whatever the number is, just it, it changes the way you approach things. It changes the way you think about problems. It changes the way you seek information and seek advice as well because of the vast different opinions and sources of information you're going to be able to get access to. And I'm sure it allows you to respect the the different types of thinking that are out there and, uh, you know, to think outside the box, clearly. Definitely, because I tend to be pretty resolute in my own thinking and, mm-hmm. and my own opinions and my own beliefs. And it's very interesting to speak to someone who can articulate their opinion as eloquently, if not more eloquently and clearly you completely differ on the opinion. So I think it made my own beliefs stronger because I was forced to defend them and think about them in different ways. But also, uh, it's pretty cool in, in debate to know everyone else's opinion and the opposing contradictory thoughts as well, you know, to incorporate those into your own argument, to know, you know, how to handle objections before they come up and how to handle the critique before it comes up and to internalize that, you know, into your own argument, into your own, you know, uh, forethought. Sure. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? 
If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Welcome back. I am joined today by my special guest, Mike Cassetta. And Mike, you've got a really great gift in understanding businesses and building businesses. Tell the listeners what the key elements are for you in understanding how to grow and develop a business because you've done it over and over and over again with so much success. And uh, we'll talk about that in in a few minutes too. But tell us some of those key elements. Yeah, I think first of all, building businesses is fun. It's like having, you know, a toy, you know, and building something from scratch is probably the most gratifying thing anyone does you know, to start with nothing and see the progress, measure the progress, and then see, you know, what the final result is. And even though a business is never really a final result until it's either sold or closed or whatever the goal is, but I think, first of all, to make businesses universal and to make understanding businesses universal is to boil them down to universality, to universal concepts. So, you know, taking anything in a business that can be measured and things that are objective you know, boiling down everything to some type of statistic or, you know, some type of objective source that could be looked at by other people, you know, with different sets of eyes, but the number doesn't lie. Now, as easy as that sounds, and it it is easy, but there's also a people side to business. And every business has, you know, the variance of dealing with human emotions and dealing with inspiration and motivation and work ethic and all the patterns and stuff that you really can't necessarily put a measurement to but learning how to see those patterns and characterize you know, different personalities and characterize different roles, knowing what types of people typically do well in certain types of roles. And once they're in that role, knowing how to inspire and motivate them, you know, given who they are, not who they need to be. You know, and I think that's one of the keys is taking people for who they are you know, and understanding that there's probably very little we can do to change this person, you know, quote-unquote change them because they're not broken. We're not trying to fix them, but take their strengths and their natural motivations and inspirations and put the lever on those so that they excel at their role and so that they put 100% you know, into their role. And training yourself to see the patterns of what works 
and what doesn't work, and then putting that into a process. And I think to build multiple businesses, you know, even just to build one, you have to find first what works, you know, document very clearly what it is that works. Number two, is it repeatable? And how do I make what works repeatable? Number three, is it teachable? Because, again, unless you're you yourself incorporated, you know, that's not the most exciting business people will run. So being able to teach it to other people and then being able to have those people teach to other people, which is the definition of scalability. So not just teaching someone, but teaching the teacher. And, again, the simpler the process, the simpler the objective, the more clear the measured goal is, um, and the more you share it with people constantly, I think the easier it is to build a business and, again, to even remove some of the variants of dealing with human emotions and dealing with the idiosyncrasies of people, you know, you could really be able to replicate success in almost any type of business. And that's certainly something that I've witnessed with you, Mike, over the years is how you have boiled it down. And I love what you just talked about. You know, does it work? Uh, is it repeatable, teachable, and then and are you able to repeat that and teach it to others? That's a really simple way of boiling it down and putting it into a process that works. And so that's, that's certainly something that I can see as um, a real value to other people and why you've been so successful in so many different startup companies and organizations where, um, you know, where you've been able to, you know, do that, measure it, and then put that into the process. Really I, I think especially when you mentioned startups, you know, most startups are looking to either get outside money for venture capital or to sell themselves or to be a, become an IPO. And to do any of those things, I think one of the key factors is, again, repeatability, simplicity. It can't be that there's just a really talented person running the organization because, again, that can't grow unless you can clone that talented person, you know, or if you have one really good customer that doesn't make a business, it's just a really good customer. You know, so again, learning how to recruit those types of customers, recruit those people, you know, and again, I, we've spoken about this previously through our coaching, but, you know, knowing what you're looking for in someone so that when you're meeting people and talking to people, you actually learn to recognize those key traits and those characteristics in other people who you want to be part of your business with you or part of your endeavor or part of the Front Row Foundation as a nonprofit, you know, et cetera. Again, being very clear on what you want, how you want to get there. And again, constantly talking about that and sharing that clarity with other people. Sure. It's, uh, I heard it earlier today on an interview. It's kind of like a recipe where you say, this is the recipe for the person that I am looking for in this, you know, in this organization to help grow and build this organization. And then you get very clear and specific. You can do the same thing with an ideal mate. You can do the same thing. Uh, you know, in your in your organization, I mean, there's all kinds of applications to that process mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. Yes, yes. Now, Mike, I know that using your intelligence is part of your success. Uh, but when we have coached in the past, we talked a great deal about balancing your intelligence with your intuition. Can you share your insights as to how you balance the two? I think, yeah, I think a lot of intelligence actually comes from intuition and learning to trust your intuition. Um, you mentioned brain science at the beginning of the call, and you know, I think your brain, your eyes, your, your body processes literally millions of, of transactions per second. 
you know, if not billions of transactions per second. And that's something that's incredibly powerful. And when our gut tells us something, people just, they joke around, oh, it's just a gut feeling. But gut feeling is a series of biochemical reactions and cascade of reactions in your body that's meant to do something or it's meant to tell you something. And that's your brain, again, performing functions that consciously we don't even know we're performing. So when you meet someone and there's that, that click, that energy, you know this is a good person or you know this is someone you want to be with. And, you know, when you're running a business and something just feels right and there's a natural organic energy, you know, around it and learning how to recognize that and putting trust into it that this is not just a fluke, it's not just an accident. But, again, so our subconscious brains and bodies see things and know things and understand things that our own conscious brain technically probably can't get to yet or doesn't even know how to process that information. So writing things down when your intuition was correct, you know, almost chasing your own gut feeling and saying, I knew I was right. And, you know, if you've ever had the I should have, I could have, I would have feeling, usually that's just a, a, a deja vu experience of your intuition having been right. And sometimes our dated experience or maybe it was a prior failure, you know, kind of popped up and told us not to trust it when we probably should have. Yeah, do you have any examples of that that you can think of, Mike, where you trusted your intuition and you went, yeah, that's it? I think there are certain conversations that I've had with people that have paved the way to either big business opportunities or job opportunities, and that conversation stems from making a last-second decision or a, an on-the-spot decision to attend an event that I probably wasn't going to attend or to fly somewhere specific that was literally booked at 10.30 p.m. the night before a 7 a.m. flight. and Not to be reckless or overly spontaneous, but there was just something that told me that was the right decision to make. You know, and even we we're, I think we're supposed to, we're going to talk a little bit about travel, you know, because as one of my passions, even that what created my travel book was a last-minute trip that I decided to take in the middle of our busiest time, you know, and just, again, the experience of having been to that specific location when I was there, was exactly what I needed, when I needed it. And again, you can't predict that, but something told me to go and I went, you know, and again, I think it was the right thing to do. Yeah, certainly. And and I know you said travel is such a passion of yours and um, I, I definitely want to um, engage in, in some of your experiences. Um, I know you took off six months to explore and travel in Europe and Asia. Uh, what did that sabbatical teach you about yourself and what were some of those, uh, what your favorite travel experiences that you want to share with the listeners? I, I think on a low level, I t- taught myself I get bored very quickly. And having actually took eight months off, six months was focused almost entirely to travel. The other two months really just to vegetation and getting a nice tan. But, you know, even right now, you know, I get bored. I'm actually supposed to be sitting in jury duty right now, but I figured I'd take on my own break in the middle of the day because there's really nothing happening in that jury room anyway. But travel's fun, you know, and seeing new things and experiencing new things. And, you know, it, it forces you to take a break from the urgent, and it allows you to focus on the important. Because when you're traveling in a new place, you focus on new things. You focus on novel things or there are certain things you can't take for granted. When, when you drive to and from your job or to and from someone's house that you're at all the time, you don't even think about it. It's just almost reflex and instinct to go there. But when you're in a new environment, you're now all of a sudden attuned to minor details that previously you wouldn't have noticed and allows you to appreciate the difference of the world and the different sounds, the different smells, the different feeling of being in different locations. 
Um, and I think it also then forces you to ask important questions about what's next, especially what I did a lot of the travel alone. You know, and when you're on a 14-hour flight or when you're sitting on a beach or when you're in the middle of a country where you don't speak the language, no one else speaks your language, and, you know, you're kind of there with yourself, you, you start asking yourself different questions. And I think it allowed me to get clarity on what was next. And for me, that's travel. Some people, that's running. Some people, it's spending time with a, a significant other. Some people, it's actually, you know, keeping busy that allows them to stay focused. But for me, you know, travel is the time where it allows me to open my brain and really clearly think about what the next step is. So it becomes kind of an another level of dreaming, imagining, kind of gaining uh, insights inside, in, you know, in, into you so that you can... Uh, start to plan and prepare for what's next on your list? I think we're out, we are all our own best employees, you know, with, you know, the company being life and, you know, what you want to achieve in it, you know, being the driver behind that and the CEO behind that. But, you know, it's almost enrolling yourself in your own goals and giving yourself time to think about them um, and also to think about not doing them. You know, and again, it gives you that clarity. You have so much time with yourself. Sometimes you question things and allowing yourself to work through those thoughts and work through those challenges, I think. Again, to me, it's travel. To someone else, it might be another trigger or another passion. But, you know, I think finding what that is is more important than what it is. Absolutely. And I know in in the case of training for a triathlon, and again, as we circle back to John's work with his triathlon, that's one of the things that I said to him at the very beginning of his training. I said, this is going to allow you a lot of think time so that you can really understand and know yourself at a much deeper level. And no that's doubt. part, yeah, that's part of what that value or benefit of doing doing an exercise pro- program like that is. So, um, what about your favorite place to visit and um, some of your favorite experiences from that travel? You know, it's a great question because it's changed. And, you know, going back through those phases I mentioned about just wanting things and wanting to go to certain places, you know, probably in my early to mid-20s, my favorite place to go was Las Vegas. You know, and there are probably many reasons why you could think Las Vegas might have been my favorite place, and they're probably all valid. Uh, the good and the bad reasons, but (laughs) it it was that trip in 08, which was a very tough campaign business-wise, you know, and it was our busiest campaign, and I just needed to clear my head, and I popped over to Italy um, in 2008 on a whim uh, in August, which um, it's very hot, it's very humid in Italy, and I decided to go down uh, to the Amalfi Coast, and I spent five days uh, down in Positano and Capri and Amalfi and Ravello, and, and to be in these towns where literally nothing mattered to these people, but what was on their plate, what was in their glass, who was sitting in front of them, you know, the, it doesn't rain for months on end, you know, it's just this clear, relaxed, nothing mattered atmosphere, and at that time, that's exactly what I needed, and again, there's no calculation behind it, but whatever the feeling was, again, that gut feeling of this was the right thing to do at the right time, you know, allowed me to really clear my head, get things refocused. Uh, and more importantly, again, I think it spurred this whole new um, experience. I, I had always enjoyed traveling, you know, previously ha- going on trips, especially through, you know, my time when I was with Vector and, you know, some of the other opportunities to travel allowed me to always enjoy traveling. But this is where it really clicked that this is not just something that's fun. This is something that's going to feed me, you know, it's a resource to me, you know, and it was good to know that. And what a great thing to learn, especially in Italy, that uh, there are no distractions other than, 
What are you eating? What are you drinking? And who's the person sitting in front of you? Mm-hmm. No distractions. And yeah. I think... And why aren't you eating more? <laughs> yeah. Yes, as, as, you, uh, as you know from your Italian roots, for sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I know we did some great work together in coaching. Please uh, fill our listeners in about some of the value of using coaching in business as a tool for you. To me, coaching is, is one of the most valuable tools anyone could have. And having access to a, to a coach, whether it be a specific business coach or a personal coach or a life coach or any combination of them, you know, to me is, is so important because I think coaching for some people is very intrinsic. It's about getting them to think about themselves in a different way. Uh, it can be very reflective and just, you know, getting you to see the impact you have on other people and the impact you have on your business or on other people's lives. Uh, I think also coaching can be very instructional, where maybe I'm coaching just for the purpose of then reteaching, you know, that information. And I think all the different reasons for coaching are very valid. For me specifically, initially it helped me focus on myself, you know, and making better decisions, being more, you know, being a better listener, you know, to other people, being able to empower people better. And then I think it transpired more into learning how to directly influence other people better, how to look for certain patterns in other people and how to you know, correct the negative patterns first and being aware of what they are, as well as recognizing the positive patterns in myself and in other people, and not only recognizing them positively, but rewarding them and motivating them to continue moving forward. You know, and the biggest thing probably was, again, what you taught me about trusting your gut and trusting your ability that when you set intentions clearly and you don't allow other things to distract you from that clear intention, that it usually works. And the only time it doesn't work is if you really stop believing in it in general. You know, and again, I've been able to see that myself. I've been able to see that in other people. You know, I think that's very valuable. It definitely is. And belief is, is such a key element and a key factor. And as you know, Mike, we were just talking and joking uh, during the break about setting very clear intentions. And it's it's something that I'm extremely passionate about and being able to take that and share that as an empowering tool to say, hey, this is something that you can do as well. And all it takes is your conviction and belief in yourself that it can and will happen. That's all that matters. Yeah, um, yeah it's, a one, it's a wonderful experience. And it's, it is a very wonderful thing to teach others. In fact, um, you're, I know you're, this is just a very important side note because you love the weather and you're always dialed in and tuned into the weather. Um, we had tremendous rain in the Midwest over the weekend, tremendous. And we had so much rain and, and thunderstorms. We were down at, at a lake there that we enjoyed time at and we had some friends down there. And I just kept saying, we're going to set our intentions that the rain is going to clear and that the sun is going to come out. And I just kept saying, we believe and we know and that and set our intentions that the rain is clearing and the sun is coming out. And everyone here north in, in the Chicago area had rain all day, but down there, I will be happy to tell you that our intentions were fulfilled and that the sun came out. We were able to be out on the lake for uh, many, many hours on Saturday. So that is, um, it's something that's just really fun and enjoyable to empower people with and I know it's something that you 
um, continue to grow and, and develop in, uh, in yourself and in others. So we are going to take another quick break. And we're, we're, I'm joined by Mike Cassetta today. And we'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Hi, I'm joined today by my guest, Mike Cassetta, and um, we've been talking about Mike's intelligence and his ability to um, simplify business processes and how he applies those business processes to successfully um, run organizations or applies them in a successful startup operation. And in your current role, Mike, in at Structured Web, uh, it didn't take you long to build traction in your work there. And within six months, you were named vice president. What were some of the key ingredients to your fast start there? Well, I think first, I'm very, again, lucky to be part of a great company that has an amazing product it's built on great technology um, with a brilliant founder and CEO. So coming into that, you know, that, I think that should be said as a kind of a, a mitigating factor to anything that I'm contributing. But I think most importantly is anytime I start something new or I work with someone who is starting something new, is you got to hit the ground running, you know, take ownership over everything you see and everything you can, you know, and, and treat it like an owner. You know, even if someone's a low-level employee of a business, I think the second they could take that business and treat it as if they own it, that there are multitudes of dividends that'll pay, you know, as a result from taking more care of what you do to how you teach certain things to who you hire, how you hire. Um, and I think, again, having that ownership over the business has been, you know, very helpful. 
Um, I also think outreaching your position, you know, no matter what your title is, you know, you can do that and, and make sure you do it great because otherwise, why are you there? But don't be afraid to put your hands into other, you know, areas of the business without stepping on toes, but to learn different aspects of the business, to impact the other parts of the business, to learn how to improve the other parts of the business. And I also think being able to build trust with other people because you're new. Uh, and you do that by building relationships. And, you know, that's something I learned in, in my previous time, in my previous companies. And I think, again, having that trust allows a relationship to develop. And with that relationship, teaching is, is, is possible. And you can leverage a relationship to ask people to do more or to get more out of people. And, again, not just to the point of getting more from them, but the more they put in, the better they're going to do. You know, and, again, I think without that relationship, without that trust, it's very difficult to really accelerate the growth of a business as we've done, you know, without burning people out. And I think, again, once you align people on the same goal and there's trust all around, it's very easy to get people to move in the same direction. And I've seen you engage others and and kind of bring people into your circle of whatever goals you have out there in whatever business that you're looking to grow and develop. How would you say, Mike, those, those relationships um, and kind of knowing how to how to build those relationships with others and and bring those other people into that inner circle of growth. How would you say you've nurtured that over the years? I think number one is just time, just spending time getting to know people, spend time knowing what they're excited about, what their goals are, you know, what their dreams are, as well, um, and then giving energy. You know, and putting tons of energy into every conversation you have, into every meeting you have, into every time you're teaching or running a, uh, a presentation, whatever the case is, because energy is the only thing that technically is objective between people. It's not something that you can really measure, but it's something that everyone feels. And, you know, no matter what nationality someone is or what language they're speaking, energy is something that could be deduced from any conversation or any meeting. And positive energy people could read instantly. Um, and inspiration people could read instantly as opposed to just sole direction or authority or lethargy where, again, you could read that as well when someone's just going through the motions. And, you know, I think especially when someone's new, building that foundation with them right off the bat so that, again, later you can leverage that and push them a little harder or critique them or criticize to get them better. So, again, I think it's time. I think it's energy. You know, and, again, from day one, you know, just taking the, the focus and putting it on building that relationship because without trust, teaching is never possible. Yeah, definitely. And and you take such a great interest in people where you do have a genuine focus and interest on them. And I am sure that the, all of the people that you've worked with over the years can really truly feel that. Again, may, maybe it's selfish because I just like to know stuff. You know, I like to know everything I can. And it's fun, though, because every person you meet, it's a chance to take something new. It's a chance to learn something new. Uh, and every personality you meet, every personality type, every, you know, location someone's from, it's a chance to add that to your own brain and to your own arsenal, you know, moving forward. And I think you incorporate each of those, you know, minuscule aspects of their personality into your own. Um, I think it makes you better. I think it makes you more well-rounded. But also, I think it's just a lot more fun to go through life that way. And everybody likes to talk about themselves and, and they like to have someone that is genuinely interested in them. And uh, I, I think the art of conversation or the art of really 
engaging in that interest as if that person's the only person on the planet and you asking those questions is really kind of the key factor there in the interest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and just asking lots of questions. You know, I think you you read a lot of books about successful CEOs, very successful leaders. Uh, Jack Welch talked about it, you know, a ton in, uh, in Straight from the Gut, one of his original books. You know, just learning a lot, asking a lot, you know, getting people to talk, letting them talk, letting them share. Uh, and again, I think simultaneously, not only are they speaking which people love, but you're learning every time and every conversation makes you better and helps you along the way. Sure, sure. If you were to look, Mike, at three things that are most important for leaders, what would you say those three things would be? I think it goes right back to what I just mentioned, number one being energy and bringing that energy to, to your office, to your family, to your organization every single day, that positive energy, because, again, that will reflect itself in other people, and then they're going to have that energy to give back. I think the second is teaching and constantly sharing, constantly teaching. You know, again, to be good at something is a very low-level form of leadership, but to teach someone else how to be good at it is a much higher level. And then, again, even more importantly, to teach that next person how to teach someone else to be very successful you know, is really key. And I don't think we do enough of that. I think leaders need to focus on that more. And I think number three is leading by example. And whatever you want to see other people around you do, you know, you be the first to do it. You be the one to do it best. Be the one to do it strongest. And, again, it doesn't mean you have to be the expert in everything. That's, that's a very low-level form of thinking. There are many people in my company who are technically subordinates who know a thousand times more than I do about certain aspects of the business. But it's the way of going about the business, the way you show up to work every day, the way you – speak to a customer, the way you prepare for a meeting, those are things, again, that other people will replicate. Yeah, very, very great examples. And um, leading by example being one of those, I'm sure people are learning a lot about how to just uh, book last-minute trips so that you can recharge your batteries, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like like having that as a lead by example uh, platform uh, as a leader, for sure. I've done that a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about your aspirations for the future. Tell us where you see yourself uh, over the next six months, over the next six years. Where what's what's next for you? As you've had a chance to put things into your own think tank, in your own travel think tank, and start to imagine, plan, and and grow for the future. You know, there's so much, and I, by the way, I think that's a challenge people have is that they have so many goals. So many things they want to do, but very rarely are they prioritized or attached to a timeline. Um, and to me, that's very important, you know, for myself. Otherwise, I feel like I, I lose sight, you know, of my own aspirations. But, you know, when I was eight years old, I said I was going to go to Harvard. So uh, 10 years later, I, I was going to Harvard. So, uh, again, I think setting those sights and setting those intentions very early, no matter how out of sight or out of touch something seems, um, it doesn't hurt to start thinking about it or start talking about it and, when I was about 16, I kind of clarified, you know, business-wise, one of my goals is to be the CEO of a billion-dollar company. You know, and I don't know if it's the company I'm in now. I would be great. You know, I don't know if it's the next company. I don't know if it was a previous company that I, for whatever reason, left, and now I'm not the CEO. I'll never know. But, you know, those are, those are the key goals. And, and to build our current business, our goal structured web, of course, is to dramatically increase our, our revenue and you know, eventually either sell at a very high number or IPO and then move on to the next business and the next idea, you know, when the time is right. 
and I'm constantly coming up with new ideas. To me, it's fun just to think about, you know, the next billion-dollar idea. And, you know, it's one thing to have cool ideas, but then, you know, I always try to question myself, is this really a billion-dollar idea? And it's exciting to start thinking at those levels, you know, and that's fun. You know, and again, forcing yourself to think through fun projects and fun aspirations, you know, leads you to make different decisions now before you move forward. I'm a great advocate of asking yourself important questions. And is this a billion dollar idea, I would say, is a really a, a, a very important question with a, a strong driving force behind it. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know you uh, have some very strong interests in politics. Do you see yourself having a political future? You know, I hope so. Uh, I don't think the time is right right now, despite the fact that our political world is a disaster right now. Uh, I, again, I think it's all about influence and what better place to have influence than being the decision maker or being the person that can really shape and mold the environment or politics or law or whatever the case is. Um, so someday, I hope so. You know, to me, it's a way of, again, taking my beliefs and thoughts and getting to share them, you know, with other people and having people believing in me and enrolling in my goals and vision, you know, for a, for a larger cause. So hopefully I can get there someday. And, uh, how can you, Mike, relate to people to support them in being the best version of themselves as a leader? Tell us a little bit about that. I think knowing what's important to you, and not just from a, a technical standpoint or objective standpoint, but, you know, is it important for you to run your business a certain way? Is it important to you for, to lead your family, you know, the right way? Um, and having those non-negotiables within your own life, within your own personality and your decision-making that, again, you're never going to bend. Um, living a life of integrity, you know, and operating under integrity, you know, of what you say you're going to do, you do. You know, what you plan to do, you do. And following through on everything that at one time was important. So in the meantime, why wouldn't it still be important to you? And also, I think always making the tough decision, you know, making the tough decision now so that life becomes easy later, you know, or easier later. And that's something every day, you know, is, it's an easy place to start. You know, do I go to the gym? Do I not go to the gym? Do I eat this cake? Do I eat the salad? Do I, you know, wake up 20 minutes early to get that done? Or do I try to wake up at the last minute hoping there's still time to get it done? You know, do I prepare today for something tomorrow or do I wait until tomorrow to do it? And I, again, I think those decisions pervade more than just the business and more than just the individual moments that you make the decision in. They create habits. You know, and I read a book a long time ago that said, make your bed every day. Not because it matters, but because it'll, it'll start your day, you know, just getting to think about, okay, this is the right decision. This is the right thing to do. And it's really true. There's a domino effect to that. Sure. And it's all about choices. Are there any other personal habits that you can quickly uh, share with our listeners that would attribute to your success? You know, we used to joke when we would send people up on stage to give a, an important message or before they jump into an important meeting, you know, don't F up. You know, just don't F it up. And it was a joke. But, you know what, make decisions that don't allow you to screw up what you might have spent years building, you know, in terms of being responsible, you know, to yourself, being a reliable person that other people can lean on and other people can depend on, that when you say something, it actually has meaning to other people. It's not just a hollow statement. It's a, it's a forceful form of communication that bears weight. Um, and I think integrity comes with that. You know, again, if you believe in something, then let people see it, let people know it, and follow through on that. 
You know, but again, I think it's a lot more simple to be responsible and, again, not to allow yourself to make a decision that will destruct you or destroy the world around you or make other people's lives more difficult. And it's a very ambiguous way of saying, you know, just be responsible. But I think that's probably the key habit, you know, I've been able to give myself. And I think, again, tied to what we said at the beginning, just having short-term goals, medium-term goals, and long-term goals that you can always keep your eye on you know, as things to drag you forward in the meantime and things to really keep you looking forward when times are tough. Yeah, definitely. Such great insights that you've shared with us today. And, and Mike, when we're running out of time here, so I want to just commend you for the level of integrity that at which you conduct your life and your business because I've witnessed it over the years and it, you, you truly are a remarkable human being, not just business person, but human being. So thank you for sharing your insights. I appreciate your time and your energy and your wisdom today. My pleasure. Um, My pleasure joining you. Thank you. Yeah. And all as always, thank you to the incredible men and women who serve this country. We honor you each and every day for your efforts. Thank you to my loyal and growing foundation of listeners. Without you, this show would not be possible. I wish you a most inspirational week. Please send John Kane an email at jkane at cutco.com to donate to the Front Row Foundation. Throw out those positive and powerful boomerangs this week, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Team Mazanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.